And it's another great day here on Focus on Fertility. We do appreciate you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to join us for another wonderful episode. I'm your host, Dale Bader, and we have a co-host with us today. Joining me is my wife, Jennifer, and on the line joining us from the East Coast out of Mandel's Clinical Pharmacy is Terry and Eddie Melanda. They are the owners, but we're going to be just talking about the pharmacy side of things. Terry and Eddie actually went through this difficult journey that many of you are taking along with us in the infertility world. Eddie is a retired firefighter. Terry is a pharmacist, and we are so thankful that they are taking time out of their day to join us today. Thank you so much to both of you. Thank you, Dale and Jennifer. It's a pleasure to be on. Thanks, Dale. Thank you, Jennifer. So let's talk a little bit about your journey and your history you actually purchased Mandel's back in 1989, and at that time, correct me if I'm wrong, it was just kind of a little corner pharmacy, correct, that was started back in the 1920s? Yes, it was. Mandel's originally opened up in 1927, and Eddie and I got married in 1989, and in the same year, we bought the pharmacy. And it was a corner drugstore in downtown New Brunswick. And uh, it was a lot of fun, your regular community pharmacy, and it was really a pleasure to serve the community there. They were wonderful, and we enjoyed being there. There were no computers. <laughs> she still filled scripts on a typewriter. Yes. The first day we bought it, there was no computer, something that I was not familiar with. So it was a challenge, and we, uh, we bought what we could afford, which is a, was a very small operation, um, but it had a good reputation, and it had a, a nice neighborhood in a nice location so and then we just built it from there and then came the next steps in the journey of life the desire to become parents uh, when did that settle in for you the two of you well when we were married I was 26 Ed was 29 and uh, I think two years into it we started talking about having a baby so we were so naive about the, even thinking of ever having a problem having it, that we literally went to Spain and thought we would come back pregnant. We took a vacation just to conceive a child, um, and it didn't happen. And so we went on trying for about a year, year and a half, and it still didn't happen. And at that point, we decided to go and see a doctor and see if anything was wrong. So that's how it began. And did they discover anything that surprised you at that time? Um, yes, um, actually my tests were all positive, um, we ended up having male factor, so we were surprised, very surprised, and at first, um, they wanted to put me straight into IVF, because at that point I was 30, 30 and a half, and with male factor they felt I should do IVF, but it, it's kind of my fault, I was very resistant doing IVF, in the back of my head, I just figured all you need is one egg, one sperm, I'll get pregnant right away, and I did a lot of IUIs, intrauterine insemination, I did a, a lot of them, more than I'd like to admit, and um, in a sense, I made it worse for myself, I should have listened to my doctor more, <laughs> so lesson learned. And was the hesitation because of the treatment type that you think, or was it the financial, or was it kind of a combination of both, because I know personally, Jen and I... When we went through it, that was, you know, the whole, you know, do we want to go through all the shots with the IVF? Do we want to do all the financial with the IVF? So we also weighed that very heavily when we were debating between our treatments. 
we we did as well, but I think personally for me, it was it was just that I didn't want to do anything artificial to have a baby. Like I said, I really was not educated on infertility treatments at all. Um, I'm a pharmacist. I I was aware that infertility existed, but I didn't realize the extent to which and in the ways that, in which it affects patients. And I just, I felt that a, a baby, I was young, and I felt that a baby should be natural. And I felt that I was young enough, um, you know, the target age is 35, and at 30, I was like, well, I have five more years. But, um, I, again, I should have listened to doctors. But it was it was more, I didn't want to do all the needles and the hormones and everything. And I can say that after 24 years in this business, it's just not as scary as it sounded to me. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely a difficult thing to do. It's a difficult journey. It's, it's extremely emotional. Um, it wears on your marriage, your relationship. It affects your work life. But I eventually I, be, I became convinced that I had to do it. And, and what made me realize that I had to was I didn't want to be 50 years old and look back and say I should have tried. I should have done so. I didn't want to have regrets. So that's why I finally convinced myself. And Eddie was okay with it all along. I was the one that resisted. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a difficult decision. It really, really was. I understand why patients, you know, many patients are totally okay. Just tell me what to do and I do it. And other patients struggle with this, and I completely understand why. It's a very personal decision and, and a difficult one. But um, either way, if it didn't work, I didn't want to have regrets. I didn't want to be older and say I should have done it. And if it and and as far as money, I we did worry about money, but I have a very unique um, thought on that. Um, how much do you really need? And you could always work and get more. <laughs> so uh, financially, we saved. Uh, we had insurance that covered a great portion of it. Some of it we had to pay out of pocket, but um, we really, really wanted a child. So we would have we would have mortgaged the house if we had to. If, you know, we would have done anything at that point. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're very, very glad with the way everything turned out. Uh, Jennifer, everybody's story. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. much, yeah, everybody's story. It's funny, through the years I, I've spoken to, I can't tell you, hundreds and hundreds of patients. And it's funny because sometimes they don't have anyone to speak to. And when you share your story, they they get, you know, they understand, they know you get it because you've been there, you've cried on the kitchen floor, you've walked through the baby section of Sears and cried, you know, you, you did all that, and they understand that we understand. And, and you know, I always say that um, infertility is a catastrophic illness, and it isn't recognized as such, and any patient out there going through it knows that if you tell a friend or if you tell your family, you know, everyone hears the, oh, don't worry, it'll happen, It'll be okay, and and that's really not not okay to say to someone going through infertility, as you know, as, as patients know, because sometimes it isn't okay, and it doesn't work for everyone, and so um, it's a catastrophic illness because if it doesn't work, it's devastating, financially, emotionally, and uh, very difficult thing to go through. Having you say say that about the catastrophic uh, illness, a part of it. Part of what Jennifer does with our sponsor clinic at MCR Fertility is she helps with the patient support aspect, uh, trying to walk in the same shoes with the patients and help them out emotionally. Jennifer, you talk about this quite a bit, don't you, that uh, you believe that these patients are in, like, crisis. Yeah, you know, as as soon as I heard you say that, that's one of the big things that, that I always talk to patients about. And even, you know, when... 
teaching others and the public as well as your team members about the struggle with infertility, to me, not only is it a catastrophic illness, but again, it's it's crisis. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, oh, I can't wait. I, I hope I struggle with infertility so that I have to go see an infertility specialist. Or, you know, I can't I can't wait till the day that I get a negative pregnancy test. Nobody wants to walk in these shoes. So, again, when they're coming in the door at MCR Infertility and other clinics, they're looking for hope and encouragement. They're looking to be supported. And I know as we were talking earlier in the in the episode regarding the experience at the pharmacy, that's one of the things that I wanted to touch on. You know, looking back to Dell and my story, you know, on many aspects, one of the things that significantly strikes me all the time when talking about medications is I still remember going to a little um, corner pharmacy here in St. Louis, smaller pharmacy, and driving through the ATM right outside the pharmacy to get cash to pay for the medications. I still look back and wonder, how did we do it? Me as a first grade teacher, Dale was working as a meteorologist at the time. How did we afford it? But even driving through that ATM, knowing that I was physically walking into a pharmacy at the time that was going to love on me and was going to support me and answer any questions that I had um, was just everywhere I went, I was looking for support and encouragement, not only at my clinic, but at the other sources, such as a pharmacy, that were walking the journey with us. And that's part of the importance there at Mandel's with what you guys do. Now, your journey, you eventually did go to IVF, but how long after IUI did that did that happen? I think I wasted about three and a half years. Uh, um, and yeah, yeah, I did. And I, I took some breaks in between. Um, I think I... I, it really hit me finally that, wow, I, you know, one day it just hit me. I said, wow, I may not get pregnant. This may not happen. And I remember that being the turning point where I I said, okay, what do I have to do? And let's just do it and put away my, um, for lack of a better word, childish notion that it'll happen without proof that it would and without the help that I needed. So we decided to do IVF. And our first IVF uh, failed, and but we froze the embryos. And I got to tell you this story because I, I owe my son, we owe our son, to a woman, who, one of our patients who came to pick up a Lupron kit. And what happened was we had gotten the contract um, from our clinic. And when you freeze your embryos, there are all these legal considerations you have to do. What happens if I die, if he dies, if we divorce. And, and so we're sitting in bed one night looking at this contract and again remember my problem was it shouldn't be this difficult so I said to Eddie you know what let's just not freeze let's not freeze the eggs let's just not do this let's just do IVF and see what happens so it was okay so we were it was about two weeks before my treatment and um, one of our patients needed um, a medication that I had special orders for her and the truck broke down that morning from the wholesaler. So she came in earlier than we expected. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I tried to call you, but you weren't home before cell phones. <laughs> and um, yeah. and uh, I said, the truck broke down. Do you want it delivered or do you want to pick it up later? And she said, oh, no, you know what? Let me go get my son, and I'll come back in an hour. I said, okay, great. 
she comes back with this beautiful little boy who was nine months old with blue eyes and black hair and just all smiles and dimples and the most beautiful little boy. And I said, oh, your son, he's so beautiful. She goes, thank you, he's a frozen embryo. <laughs> and I couldn't believe she said that. And I think I got chills from head to toe. And right after he left, she left with her baby, I called my husband at the firehouse and I said, Eddie, we have to freeze the embryos. You won't believe what happened. And I owe it to her because we weren't going to freeze our embryos. Our first IVF didn't work. And two months later, we did a frozen embryo transfer that worked on February 16th of uh, 2000 and, no, I'm sorry, 1996. And uh, our son was born two weeks late, 10 months later. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very thankful to that patient. God bless her wherever she is because it truly, those little moments change your life. And sometimes those, you never know how a woman's going to come to a decision about something like this and what's going to impact someone. That's why we're, our motto, uh, one of our mottos is um, you're not alone. I mean, we want to be there not only for the patients but for the clinics, and we'd like to be a go-between. Um, and I think that's so important, like you said, Jennifer, it's so important that when someone calls in, they understand where you are. And, and they understand all the points of the journey so that wherever you are, they'll meet you where you are. So, and It's I, very rewarding, I'll tell you that. Obviously, not only did this customer of yours change your fertility journey potentially, but your fertility journey then came back and helped change your business. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yes, um, we got into infertility back in the day more heavily when uh, there was a shortage of drugs, um, a drug that doesn't exist anymore, metrogen. And somehow, a lot of, uh, because of a sales rep, um, Amory, and somehow she was able to get us merchandise when none of the big guys could get it. So it really put us on the map. And uh, we grew from there and, you know, I was, we were very lucky that Amory accepted a job offer with us and works with us now and we grew slowly and it's been all grassroots and it's, it's been amazing just to be able to reach out to so many people, you know, and all over the country. It's just been an amazing, amazing journey for us to be able to share our story and know that we really can make a difference. I mean, I know we're only the Mets, we know that, but we like to call them our babies in the box internally, and uh, it's, it's just very, very rewarding to be a part of it because we know what they're going through. And um, I can tell you this, my son is 21, he's going to be 22 in November, and, and infertility, you never get over it, that's how I feel anyway. I've never gotten over it. I, I still remember what it feels like. I still remember um, the, the not being able to stop thinking about the fact you didn't have a baby. And Jennifer, I don't know if you experienced this, but for me, it was never, it was never like when my friends got pregnant or my sister or my sister-in-law. It was never, I loved those kids because I, I would get to play with them when they were born, but it was always, why not me? You know, I, that, that was my big thing is why not me what's wrong that I can't have one and I think that's very common in with patients everyone I, has their own way of phrasing it I would definitely agree with that yeah and she was a school teacher and you were a school teacher at that time so you were seeing kids day in day out that and talking with yeah. parents so you had that yeah that constant yeah. pull so out of all this, Mandel's grew to be a solely infertility-specific pharmacy. Is that correct? 
That's correct. Um, we were a regular community pharmacy that had a, a specialty in infertility, and then in 2007, 2008, we just decided um, it's time to do just infertility. We really wanted to do it justice. We wanted all of the staff trained expertly on, on one thing instead of going in many different directions, and that's what we did. We, uh, we actually physically moved the building into another city and, uh, you know, settled here and we had I think maybe 11 employees now we have over 50 and we do nothing but infertility that's the only thing that we do and it's, ama it. and it's amazing because you do give that extra attention and hand holding as Jennifer was talking even when you're outside the clinic the the a critical component of your fertility treatment is your medications and that pharmacy plays a major role in that step it, it really does um, it really does. It, I, I think that when patients are home and they have a question and just for them to be able to either come in here if they're local or call on the phone and be able to be guided through their questions or guided through the process of how to inject or any questions or concerns that they have, I, I really think that that's an invaluable service to patients. Um, we have 24-7 service for that for our patients. If anything they need, we're there. We have an answering service. They can always get in touch with us. And there's always a pharmacist on call. And uh, it, it's just very, very important to us that everyone on our staff is fully educated on the many different aspects of infertility. Um, and, you know, depending on even sometimes just from the, the drug order that comes in, you should be able to determine fairly closely what that patient is going through. Um, and in other words, what stage are they in in their infertility journey? And um, you have to be sensitive to those things because sometimes most patients, thank God, do very well and go on to have their babies, but there are times when patients call and they're not, their beta level isn't doing well. Or, and we have to be very, very uh, in tune with what that patient is going through and make sure that we're there to support them not only clinically and with medication questions, but emotionally. Just make sure, like, sometimes just not saying anything is better than saying the wrong thing. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. Very, very intense. As we conclude, this has been uh, so heart-pulling uh, and, and emotionally uh, supporting to those out there listening that there are others uh, willing to share the story, even those who are dealing and working with other infertility patients on a day-in and day-out basis. What advice uh, both you or Eddie may be able to have to share to those listeners that are listening right now? Um, well, for people, for anyone who's considering going through infertility, uh, don't do what I do. Don't resist um, your doctor's advice. It's, so it's, it's perfectly okay. I, I believe patients should have input on their health care and they should have an opinion. And if you want to try a little bit, that's fine. Don't do what I did and put it off that long. Um, I wouldn't have done that again. I'm glad I did because I have Eddie. The right sperm and the right egg met, so I have him. Um, no, by the way, yeah, by the way, I should mention that our daughter, four and a half years trying with my son, and then our daughter, Christina, they're 20 months apart. We weren't even trying. So there's, there's always hope. Um, and how your fertility journey ends, um, I would say if you're going through this, my best advice is to pay attention, take notes, uh, clinically listen to your nurses, whatever advice, uh, whatever doses they give you. As you know, infertility 
treatments, one thing we see often is that um, the treatments, sometimes you'll get a phone call with the dose you need for the day and people forget to write it down. And that's a bit of a problem. So just be prepared, make sure you have enough medication. If you see that your dose went up, make sure you ask your doctor, well, will I need to refill my medication so that you don't run into any emergencies where you're out of meds and um, run into that glitch in your cycle. Um, and I would say, you know, it, it's an extremely difficult thing to go through. Just be as prepared as you can be. Um, be careful who you tell because sometimes um, family can be supportive and sometimes maybe they just don't know how to not say the right thing. So I'd say do a lot of research. Um, try to find people to talk to who have been through it. That's, I think that's invaluable. And, um, you know, prepare mentally, prepare financially, and prepare emotionally, mo most of all emotionally. And uh, I wish them the best success. We always try to get everyone pregnant at our end, do everything we can, that nothing goes wrong from our end. So I think with the pharmacy working on it, the patient's cooperation and the doctor's expertise, the odds are, are decent, very decent, and uh, hope springs eternal. So. Well, thank you to both of you. Thank you, Jennifer, for joining us today. Uh, this was uh, I, I love this these type of stories because the more the stories of hope, I think everybody who's going through the journey needs to hear these stories of hope, and know that uh, they're not alone. As you say in your in your own motto, we're out there, we're supporting, and we're pulling for them. And if you're listening and are in the journey and would like more information regarding Mandel's Pharmacy, please visit us at focusonfertility.net. We will include a link to Mandel's in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much, Terry, Eddie, for joining us today, and uh, best wishes to you and your family. Thank you, Bill and Jennifer. Pleasure to speak to you, and best wishes to yours. If you've been trying to start your own family and haven't had success, you're not alone. Millions of people just like you are experiencing the same very personal and painful frustration. Infertility affects men and women equally. The Missouri Center for Reproductive Medicine, MCRM Fertility, can help. MCRM accepts most insurance and you don't need a referral. They offer the most advanced science and technology, including exclusive techniques and the embryoscope. Check them out at mcrmfertility.com. Wow. Even though I've gone through uh, this journey of infertility in the past, and it's been almost uh, 12 or 13 years now, I still get uh, those chills listening to other stories of individuals who have gone through it or are going through it. As Terry mentioned, you never ever seem to get away from having gone through infertility. And I, I definitely agree with that. And uh, I hope today was encouraging and empowering uh, of a podcast for you to listen to and gives you some additional hope. And for those of you going through the journey, maybe you have now found a new home uh, that you'd like to work with with regards to your medications uh, there at Mandel's. Again, you can get more information regarding Mandel's Pharmacy in the show notes at FocusOnFertility.net. I'd like to send a special thank you out to Eddie for his time of service as a first responder and a captain in the fire department there in New Jersey. And I thank all of you for tuning in every week for another episode of Focus on Fertility. And for those of you new to the program, you can go back and listen to all of our previous episodes 
by visiting us on our website at focusonfertility.net. And we encourage you to follow us and join us along every week on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio Network, and on Podcast One. And until we join back up with you next week, we wish you the very best as you continue along your fertility journey.